You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. When it comes to my own personal mental health, uh, as you can see from the sign above that just says laugh, uh, that, that's basically what I do. I have to, we all have our days during lockdown and in general life where we're in the grumps, we've got that, oh God, the world's against me. Uh, so I find something to laugh at. I, I'll put a silly naff movie on. I'll get onto the YouTubes or the videos, try and find something. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. That's changed, yeah, because at first it was, um, when I was an attendee, it was the feeling of achievement, the fact that we all have days, we go to a health club, and if we just go in the gym, we'll do 10 reps or something and go, do you know what, I'm not feeling it, I'll go on. But when you're in a studio and you're with groups of people, you get their energy, and then you've got the instructor leading it, you get their energy, and you almost feel rude to, to leave a class. Because we're so British, aren't we? We must not leave a class. And uh, and it's just the way it is. And it's, you know, I like the drive of it. And now as the instructor, uh, I got a great feeling watching people develop from the back row through the mid-class, through the fighting for the front row. And that that's where I've always come from because when I qualified, I was a big chap. Uh, much bigger than I am now. Uh, I was just shot a 19 stone. So, you know, weight was always an issue from being a kid growing up and it's it's one of those things, fitness has helped me, I've learned and developed knowledge that has made me control my weight now and it's, it's great. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Today's guest is Gary Daniels. Gary is a group exercise instructor, personal trainer, international presenter, master trainer, course tutor, assessor with over 14 years experience in the health and fitness industry. And he is also a nail technician as well, which you'll find out more about in this episode. Um, he's been teaching educational and lecturing experience throughout the UK and Europe and is also a developer for such companies as Fight FX. He's an ambassador of Fitness Fiesta. He works alongside Pure Energy Music. Um, really, really good guy. You know, he has such a great, um, dare I say it, cheeky personality. And he really does bring the fun into the fitness arena. Um, so that even the hardest workout can be achievable and enjoyable at the same time. Gary has a background in competitive martial arts, show business, which we will chat about, and he blends very, very well into his business to make it challenging and achievable and fun. Um, he's renowned for continually updating his edginal ed- he his his really speak word tricky. He's renowned for updating his educational knowledge. So you get people in the fitness industry who been around it just seems like forever and the reason why they are around for so long and have their success is they continually to update their own education and personal beliefs and a lot of that is remaining open-minded about stuff and you'll hear how Gary does that throughout this episode um you know I first met Gary probably about 2013-14 we were trying to work it out during the podcast and it was at a fitness fiesta and whilst we, you know, we wouldn't know each other overly well, 
when we do connect either you know through you know social media or whatever it is or at live events um he's just he's, he's brilliant and he was so good with me when i was first in an event called the fitness fiesta which you'll hear about later shout out to uh, jane and andy for organizing them um he was so good with me and welcoming me into the place um as, as well as everybody else he really is um a good guy one of one of the good guys of the fitness industry let's just call it that this episode you're going to hear a lot about gary's story a lot about what gary you know how he got into the fitness industry and you know what he's kind of doing now so please do give gary daniels a follow on the social media um he's very very good at uh staying connected on social media and just doing posts uh, mainly on facebook by the way um so yeah i'll put all that in the show notes just before you listen to that we have our normal podcast plugs to do and the first one is going to be for any group fitness instructors here who are interested in doing online PT. Mid-July, I am launching the GFI to Online PT Business Course. It's a four-week course, a 28-day course for you to start serving online PT clients, earning money and growing your business. We're in a time right now where we're expecting gyms to reopen imminently and those gyms to look very very different and my message to everyone is especially group fitness instructors stop waiting to see what classes you do or don't have and start taking control of what you can take control of and right now you can take control you can serve your group fitness audience in a personal training basis and if you want to learn exactly what i have learned and implemented over the last few years i'll put it together on a four-week course um, there's loads of other stuff in it as well. The best thing for you to do is click the link in the show notes. It's just an information link. You know, you're not you know, you're committing to buy or anything like that. You're basically committing to get more information, which we should all be doing anyway for most things. Uh, right, plug number two. We're going to plug the Patreon. So if you want to support the podcast, you can support the podcast via Patreon and pay anything up to $150 per month, or you can just pay $5 per month and you get a couple of extra bonuses. You get discounts on all the products and you get a Zoom call, which has now been decided it's going to be a one support nightly or a bi weekly call, however you want to phrase that. And we just chat about anything. And that's only for the Patreon members. A couple of different bonuses in there as well. You get a and we'll talk about the podcast, get a say with guests. Jump Hub is in the middle of an evolution. So Jump Hub was inceptualized at the start of lockdown, which started as group fitness classes. We also have a mindset program with it. We also have a full membership hub of educational videos around training, nutrition, and mindset. And it's currently going through a little bit of a revamp and a personal training feel. So that's going to develop. If you want to find out more, there's a free trial. Again, you don't have to commit to buy anything. And then our next two plugs are very, very simply for our very, very wonderful and loyal podcast sponsors, Podium for Sport. I love Podium for Sport. They have basically kitted out to whole of North Ireland for outdoor fitness equipment through lockdown, whether that's bikes or whether that's home gym fit-outs, fit outs, fair enough, I know that's not outdoors, but you get what I mean. Um, and the shop's back open again, and this podcast is going to go out on Monday the 6th of July, is it the 6th of July? I don't even know my dates, hold on. Saturday 4th, Sunday 5th, Monday the 6th of July when I will also be in Belfast and you bite your life and going to Podium for Sport. I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything, I'll be very, very honest with anyone listening for Podium for Sport. I'm just going for coffee. 
I just, I just want to come in and see people. It is a retail shop, they do sell coffee, um, but you know, they, they sell me out. They get me coffee. <laughs> Next up is Bodycore Training. Bodycore Training are a level two, level three and more fitness training provider based in Scotland. And right now, if you want to upskill yourself to a level two or a level three, you can do that online, you can do that distance learning, you can get a PT mentor to help you, and you can get over 10% discount on those courses if you quote the Ricky Long podcast. Simple as that. All the links for that are going to be in your show notes. Really, really excited to hand you over to myself and Gary for this chat. Have a listen. Hope you enjoy. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Welcoming on to this week's episode of the Ricky Long Podcast is a highly inspiring, highly experienced fitness entrepreneur. It is Gary Daniels. How are you, Gary Daniels? I'm great, Ricky. I hope you are too, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm delighted, delighted we've got this for, for because for all the listeners, <laughs> Zoom being Zoom, I just tried to hit record and Zoom basically told me I wasn't signed into my own platform. <laughs> so I just had this highly embarrassing moment of who's Zoom? Are, are we hijacking right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zoom's an interesting product. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Zoom gets so much abuse and I give it friendly abuse, but we have yeah. to understand Zoom's not designed for classes. It's designed for conversations like this and conference yeah. meetings. Exactly. I mean, I've used Zoom for a few years because I have some dealings in Canada and it's very popular in Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I was ready for when this, this happened. I thought, oh, what if we could do that with Zoom? I was kind of ready for it. Um, but yeah, it's been a big learning curve, you know, what set the volumes up, where to play music through. And it, it, for me, it's different for different sessions as well. So I was just going to say that that's probably the most tedious, frustrating thing. You know, what works on Monday night might not work on Tuesday night. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's one of those weird and wonderful things, isn't it? Because obviously if I'm doing a high energy class and then I'm going to drop down into a Pilates inspired class, I need different levels. And it, it's difficult, I think, because not being rude, not being detrimental to anyone. A lot of us don't come from a background where we're used to working levels and things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I worked in theatre for a long time, alongside my dad. So I was used to tweaking levels and pitches of sound, not pitches of speed. Uh, so it was quite interesting to go, right, that's not doing that. I'm not hearing this. And then I could play with it. And yeah. I've had everything from mixers to playing through the system I record on. to, And it's different for every session, as you said. I I think you were very polite there and what you said about group fitness instructors. But <laughs> any group fitness instructors listen to this, there's a reason why group fitness instructors are only trusted with three knobs on yeah. the system when you work <laughs> in this studio. You're trusted with the mic knob, the music knob, and a master knob. Yeah. And sometimes they have limiters on them. Like, there's yeah. a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, it's, uh, I've worked many a club that had the traffic lights at the back as well. So as you're teaching, you're watching these lights to see what colour you're going to and one too many and everything turns off and it's like, oh right, okay, I want to do that again. (laughs) Uh, So Gary, you know, we've had a good uh, kind of introduction of the podcast. Why don't you take it from here, tell people who is Gary Daniels? Well, yeah. um, Well, as I mentioned there, I've got a very varied background. I'm actually a, a fully qualified uh, electrical and electronic engineer 
Uh, <laughs> one of those things that you do. Um, but I've also, I've DJed for a while. I've played with magic. I've worked in theatres with my dad and my brother. And it's just all kind of came together. I've run pubs. And then suddenly I walked into a fitness class and I thought, oh, that makes sense to me. I'll have a bit of that. And that came down to a bet. Uh, somebody bet me that I wouldn't be able to do a step class. And uh, they were right. I couldn't. Um, <laughs> and there's probably people watching this thing. So but no, it's uh, <laughs> no, it was one of those things. It was like I was going in the corner of the gym to push some weights with my friends. Uh, my then girlfriend at the time said, I'm going off to a class. And I was like, ooh, enjoy your dancing around the studio. Naive, I wasn't in the industry. Uh, didn't know anything about the industry at the time. And uh, basically she goes, because you can't do it. I went, watch this. So I went in and I can hear a bit of music. I always could, I was lucky. So when it was like the curl corner corner on and off the step, I was like, oh, this is easy. And then suddenly it was, and reverse stomp, mambo cha-cha back over the top of the box. And it was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, it kind of drew me in, it hooked me. Uh, and from there, I've just tried to continually develop my offerings, my teaching styles to, to vary it for different environments and clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually I, I qualified in the industry some years ago. And <laughs> what was that? <laughs> uh, of all things, people always say, what made you do it? What made you leave industry and, and go to this? And uh, it, sadly, it's a sad thing, but a good thing at the same time. It was uh, my nana passed away. And uh, she was one of those people that always said, whatever you want in life, do it. Go do it, enjoy it, and get on with it. And I went off to the local college, tried to enrol on the ETM, as it was then. And uh, I was told, oh, no, you don't come from a gym background. You'll have to go do the gym course first. And I was like, why? Oh, well, if you don't hear music you want, I'll be fine. And it went on and on. And then, like I said, my nana passed away. And I just walked in with the money. I went, boom, it's my money. I'm signing up. I'm doing the course. And I think out of the 21 of us that enrolled, I think there's five of us left in the industry. So but a lot of a lot of time for the lady that was my tutor and people that came into the college to help us. It was just you learn. I tend to call it piggyback learning. You learn from others more than you would learn from a book. You know, if you see someone do it and watch them, it's like, oh, why did they do that? You know, and it's, mm -hmm. I mean, that was back in the day when for your ETM, you were made your own cassette tape. <laughs> no, when I did mine, I must admit, you had to make your own CD. Oh, well, there you go. You were up market. <laughs> yeah, cassette tape, that's another level. That came up uh, in, a, in a chat. It was actually a Facebook Live for Les Mills. Yeah. We talking about remixing and back in the days when you needed the remix and you were using cassettes. Yeah. So you like you, you stuck the pencil in yeah. and you kind of twisted it around. <laughs> you get the track two so as you could quickly swap. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's interesting what you said there about, you know, you wanted to do it because you enjoyed it and you were encouraged yeah. to do something that you loved. Like, what what is it that you love then? Do you still love that now? Has it evolved into something else? It has changed, yeah, because at first it was, um, when I was an attendee, it was the feeling of achievement. The fact that we all have days, we go to a health club and if we were just going in the gym, we'll do 10 reps or something and go, do you know what? I'm not feeling it, I'll go on. Mm -hmm. But when you're in a studio and you're with groups of people, you get their energy. And then you've got the instructor leading it, you get their energy and you almost feel rude to, to leave a class because we're so British, aren't we? We must not leave a class. And, <laughs> uh, and it's just the way it is. And it's, 
you know, I like the drive of it. And now as the instructor, uh, I got a great feeling watching people develop from the back row through the mid class, through the fighting for the front row. And that, that's where I've always come from because when I qualified, I was a big chap. Uh, much bigger than I am now. Uh, I was just shot a 19 stone. Okay. Uh, so, you know, weight was always an issue from being a kid growing up. And it's it's one of those things. Fitness has helped me. I've learned and developed knowledge that has made me control my weight now. And it's it's great. Yeah. You obviously do a, a multiple different things in the fitness industry in terms of, of what you teach and what you're involved in. Um, like, do you have an off-the-tongue list of that? Or how do you how do you begin to explain to people what classes you teach? Because uh, for me, not... you do a lot and you have done a lot, which I love. Yeah, I, I'm qualified in, I mean, the list is endless. <laughs> I the other day said, can you send me a CV through? Because I'm doing an event and they wanted to pull some bits out of it. And I went, yeah. Um, but, and, you know, it's like a side of A4 of courses I've done over the years. Yeah. Some I don't use anymore. So, you know, some you as a person move on from and some the industry moves on from and your decisions are taken away from you. I tend to say to people, I pretty much teach anything with the exception of yoga. And that's nothing against yoga. It's just I found Pilates first. And it, for me, that was it made sense to me uh, with all the balletic background that's in it and how it's focused and how it follows through. It just made more sense in my head. So I went that way. But no, step, aerobics, uh, gosh, the Les Mills programs I've trained in over the years was body pump, body attack, uh, uh, body combat. I actually went on a body jam course. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. Uh, it was one of those, someone said, oh, will you come and give us a hand on it? And I was like, yeah, great, you know, and it was all clean with FitPro at the time. And I went along to help, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got this. Yay. And like you do, you start moving through, and then, of course, the hip-hop track comes on. It's like, oh, is that my phone? Sorry, is that my phone? You know, you're trying to get to the back of the class as fast as you can. But since then, I've learned that we've all, we're all very nervous of how we look when we do anything. You know, if people come to a body combat class for the first time, it's like, oh, I don't quite, and the wrists are doing this and the punches and all sorts, and it's, I always say to people, don't expect to pick a class up in week one. You need two or three attempts at it, then you head. And that's regardless of whether it's step, it's pretty choreographed, it's freestyle, it's dance. It doesn't matter. You, you've got to get your head around a, a whole new wave of terminology whilst trying to follow someone and listen to them and breathe. Yeah, you know, yeah. so it's a bit... <laughs> My line to a lot of people with the first time to do a class, and you can probably say this to most walks in life, but the line when they first do a class is, you're not qualified to have an opinion on this class. And I've done it five times. Yeah. Because then you'll, you know, you'll know a bit about it. You'll know a bit about yourself. Um, and you, again, I think you, it's probably a general rule you can apply to. Just yeah, it, it comes down to the old 10,000 hours rule, doesn't it, as well, eventually. You know, and it's, it's funny. I, I read something on Facebook just this week. I'm desperately trying to remember who wrote it. It was either Greg Seller or Lincoln Bryden, and I think it was Greg. And it was going back through his career, because obviously Greg was massive in Australia, then moved to the UK, then moved to LA. And he's just done this thing. And it bought me just put, and still people say to me, I want to be a presenter. And he said, well, in that case, go away, do 10,000 hours, then come back and I might look at you. And he wasn't being nasty or condescending, but it is a different game. You'll know yourself, Ricky, when you're on stage at the big events, 
you've got to be that bit bigger, that bit more of a presence than you do in a club. And that's nothing against the people who come to the club. You still give them hundred percent, but you don't have to fill a bigger hall. So, you know, it, it's very different. Yeah, it's, it's the energy output that you have. And most yeah. of the time, I mean, for me, it's almost subconscious. Like you don't sit down beforehand and think, no. I've got to do something bigger. You know, even even at the start of lockdown, we did a couple of streamed classes for mm. Ballantines. So yeah. it was all on their channels. And it was a big deal. I think combined we had 6,000 uh, views. Wow. Compare that to what we were doing every night of the week anyway with, yeah. you know, 50 to 60. Yeah. And the sweat and the energy that we gave off in our kitchen. And it was essentially just me and Lindsay. Yeah. And it's like, you do get that buzz, that feel. I mean, I've done some for Fitness Fiesta, as you no doubt know over the time. Uh, Joali, Dean Heitman and myself spoke to Andy, who owns Fitness Fiesta, and said, look, can we put sessions on your timetable? Because all these events we'd normally be at are shut, they're closed down. Uh, and we said, look, we just want to do it for free just to give something back to everyone that's ever come to these events. So, and again, it was, I was as nervous as I am when I walk out on stage at a big event, yeah. you know, being on a video and there's me and I can see the odd comment coming up the screen, you know, hopefully a little love hat or the thumb going yeah. up your side. But at the same time, you're like, you're talking to yourself in a room and it's like, wow, this is like all the yeah. time. It's great. I've always said, you know, the day I don't get nervous is the day to retire. 100%. Don't, yeah, um, don't like it or you don't get nervous in some way. Yeah, you know, my dad, uh, obviously up until the day he died, was the same. I was just talking to Joali about it last night. And because uh, I'm doing an event this weekend, and I've got to be honest, it's one of those where I'm like, God, I don't think I should be doing this now. I think I've changed my mind. And it's just because of the, the list of people who are with us. But uh, my dad, even, I mean, he was, what, 40, 50 years in show business, still got so nervous in the wings before walking out on stage for that first hello. And it's... You know, I've always remembered that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just want to um, give the listeners context on this because I know yeah. this and a lot of your audience know this. You know, who is your dad? Uh, my dad, bless him, was Paul Daniels, still is Paul Daniels, uh, the magician. It's one of those funny things, isn't it? You never know when someone's passed away, where they are. They, it, <laughs> he definitely still is. Yeah, he still is. But no, uh, he, he was obviously a, a big name during the 80s, 90s and some would say right up to his death, so which is really nice, but obviously he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. He uh, got a brain tumour and passed away, which is really sad. I'm curious, because you said at the start, and I didn't plan to go down this rabbit hole at all, as yeah. you said at the start, you started, you've done a number of different things, and one of those was magic, Yeah, and then you've somehow gone into group fitness. I mean, how, how, how does that happen and is there ever yeah. a world where you can combine the two of those i have been asked in the past to do something for an event where it was a can you do magic in the middle of your routine i'm like <laughs> no th- those two don't really gel in the, um, in the middle of a step class you can yeah, bring just, someone up and saw them in half <laughs> on. no but um it's i have I, I performed magic when i was quite young and i don't think it comes out this 10,000 hour malarkey we spoke about earlier. I, I don't think I was ready to be in front of a live audience when I went in front of the live audiences. I think nerves got the better of me, but sometimes you've got to do that to learn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that said, I then went to the International Fitness Showcase, the IFS event, and at their gala dinner, 
I'd taken a glass guillotine with me and I, 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 who was it? It was Claudio Melamed from Spain, one of their nationals, got dragged on stage, head in the guillotine and poof, down comes the blade. And it, you know, and I, people saw a totally different side of me then, I think, and it was like, oh, actually, he does know what he's doing. And, you know, sometimes at events, they'll be like, oh, get some cards, get some cards. And I'll do a little bit for people close up and then I'll walk away from it again. It's not, it's not me 100%. My brother, yeah, uh, one of my brothers anyway, and my nephew, they're brilliant magicians. Yeah. They carry it on. I enjoy it, but I don't want to live it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yet, I mean, obviously, I did try to do one of Dad's tricks uh, last year. I dug it out to try it, and it was just, even though it's now, well, it was three years at the time, it was too soon to pick up that trick. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm not going to rule it out for the future, but for now, no. Do you find when you see like clips on, on YouTube of any magician doing, you know, any trick or you're wanting Britain's Got Talent or whatever and you see the magician, do you know how the tricks are done? I would say about 98% of them, yes. Wow. Because I, I look at them and I'm like, I'm a believer, like magic is an actual <laughs> thing. You know, <laughs> I, you know, he, he's a wizard, she's a witch, they're, they're actually doing this. No, I mean, obviously, there's some very good magicians and there's some not so good magicians, but that comes to everything. You know, if you look at fitness classes when you're in a health club, you look at someone and go, oh, if they just did that, wouldn't it be so much nicer and so much smoother? Yeah. And it, it's that sort of thing. And it's it's learning curves for everyone. You know, I mean, I've I've been fortunate now because I've been in the industry for so long. I've been able to give that back to some people if I've mentored some people through to they're now on the big stage doing what I do which is nice and it's nice to give back and I've got a meeting with two of them on Thursday who really don't need me anymore but still ring me for advice and it's like thanks for me <laughs> you know you got sponsorship from this that and this I, I, step aside from me stop saying oh, carry first <laughs> You, you said about Fitness Fiesta, and I'd love to share with you my first impressions of Fitness Fiesta. Yeah, uh, sure. So it's probably, yeah, I don't know, 2015, 16. It was in Hinkley. I think, um, yeah. And I, I'd never heard of Fitness Fiesta before. You know, being from Belfast, living in Belfast, yeah. it's just not on the radar whatsoever. No. Um, clubs very much in Northern Ireland, still to this day, either have circuits or les mills. They don't have a freestyle market no. at all. Do you know there's, you could say there's a massive gap for it if you want. Yeah. Um, but I remember being sent by Les Mills to Fitness Fiesta. It was relative, it must have been 2014 now I've said this. I was still relatively new to being a Les Mills team and I knew nothing about it. So I turned up quarterly workshop ready. So I turned, <laughs> I shit you not, I had flip charts with me because <laughs> I thought I'd be doing a body pump workout and then doing an educational seminar. And I remember doing, the being there on the first day and walking around and seeing the other all the other classes and just being mesmerized by holy shit these guys and girls teaching these classes never mind just the presenters but the people yeah. doing these classes yeah. are absolutely incredible and again you know les mills blinkers on stroke off it was like and this isn't les mills this is freestyle this is perhaps another pre-choreographed product i didn't even know that at the time yeah. and i remember just being blown away like i describe fitness fiesta it's like for the les mills instructors who'll listen to this it's like a les mills live but only 10 percent of the classes are les mills yeah the other 150 classes or whatever it is are freestyle um you know step classes combat classes boot camp classes there was a bunnies boot camp once which i loved by the way 
Yeah, so tell us just a little bit about Fitness Fest there, what you've done at them, and you know, yeah, I think I mean, Jane fit- and, uh, and Andy do a great job. Yeah, I mean, Fitness Fiesta, um, again, like yourself, the first time someone mentioned it to me, I was like, never heard of it, because it predominantly happens from the Midlands down over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hinkley Island in Leicestershire, uh, obviously the home of Justin Riley, yeah. is uh, <laughs> probably the most northern one that people associate as Fiesta. But I've mentioned a lot on these. Joe Alley, a phenomenal freestyle instructor, she did Les Mills for a while, as well, she was, but she was Joe Parry then, and now she's Joe Ali. She got married, kid, and everything. Ever man, and on they've gone. Um, but the thing was, I was kind of wanting to get onto this circuit of doing more, not just. And this is nothing against the clubs I worked in the northeast. I wanted to be out there doing more. I'd watch these people on stage at big showcases, and I'm like, I want to be able to do that. I want that buzz. I want that feeling of wow, look at this, and. Um, I kind of stalked Joe Alley and Steve Watson, not in a way, but kind of every event they were at, I was at. I made sure I got to as many conventions and things around the UK I could get to. Uh, I was having a real job at the time as well. And uh, just watching. Sometimes I didn't actually take part in the class. I just sat back and watched. I could sleep. And uh, eventually Joe said, oh, look, I've got some work coming up. Do you want it? And I was like, wow, okay. And it was for Sports and Spa. And I thought, who is Sports and Spa? And I didn't know that Sports and Spa are like a, a mini fitness fiesta. So there's only five or six instructors, maybe 80 to 120 people. And it's not as hardcore. It's like your normal gym class, should we say. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I did a couple of those. And then out of the blue, Joe rang me and said, oh, look, yeah, Andy likes the feedback. Will you come to a fiesta? And like yourself, I walked into this event thinking, yeah, what it's going to be. And suddenly you're on a holiday camp with 1,500 people mm-hmm. all jumping around like lunatics. And you're like, I can't do this. I know I've changed my mind. I don't want to do this now. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, I, was, I kind of did a bit for them. And when you're new to that convention section of our industry, you tend to do one or two. And then you're not forgotten about, but you're left alone for a little bit. Because obviously the big names are available and they come along. And, and then suddenly... Oh, they want something or and it's that ability to be able to step in and and adapt and help so I also because of what I'd learned on the sports and spa weekends I was able to work on the reception desks as a coordinator for fitness for yesterday so I was already there it sounds awful waiting for someone not to turn up you know I'm stuck in traffic I'm this I'm whatever who can teach me <laughs> <laughs> and off you go and it's it's just the way it is, you know, but I was fortunate. I kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And again, you know, probably when I first started, I wasn't, I wasn't the level I should have been, but they give me an opportunity to try. I tried it. I listened to the feedback. I'm not afraid to go to people and go, what do you think of that? Didn't really work, did it? Mm-hmm. And if they tell me it didn't work, then I know I've got to work on it because we're all our own worst critic. But I mean, gosh, I've taught. My in, if you want an in for Fitness Fiesta, was I taught aqua. And Strong. nobody at the time wanted to teach aqua. So you were there teaching maybe six aqua classes on a weekend, but it was your in. And aqua is one of those classes. I always think I don't want to teach it. Uh-huh. And then I teach it. And I'm like, oh, this is great fun, isn't it? It's such a giggle. And then it's like, oh, I don't want to do that again. You know? yeah. But you do. And now I teach step, 
body conditioning. I've done talks for them when the team did the YMCA over the years. Um, Drums Alive, of course, is one of the biggest pulls at the moment of Fiesta, which is just the most insane class in the world. But yep. people love it. And um, for those that haven't seen it, basically it's the large Swiss ball, thick ball, whatever you want to call it, on a special holder. And you play drum beats on it at differing rhythms whilst doing basic aerobics. <laughs> it is. I remember the first time watching it. And yeah. then I remember just walked in and said, what the yeah. is going on here? <laughs> and what I remember doing, they were all like on their own drum, their yeah. own football. And then like they did a spin and then went to the ball beside them. Yeah, and then come back, and I remember I just I just stood and applauded, and I was like, that just blew my mind. <laughs> and it, you know, it's one of those things. I was trained in it. I was there, and obviously, it used to be something that Rebecca Small and Steve Shima did, big names in the freestyle industry. It was they were the UK people for it, mm-hmm. and I was trained in it because of associations with Virgin Active and things like that. And then Steve was injured, and Rebecca said, "Oh, will you come on stage with me and do it?" So I was like, oh, right, okay. Do you want to teach a block? No. <laughs> you know, to me, it was like, oh, no, 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 no. Yes. And then things changed, and they moved back to Australia a little bit quicker than everyone expected. And so I got the phone call off Fiesta saying, uh, can you teach Drums Alive? And I was like, what, well, Rebecca? Yeah. No, and you're on. Ah! And it was one of those moments where I've either got to step up and give it a go, or run away now. And fortunately, uh, I stepped up. I'd just been given the latest music from, from drums as well, because it, it's not pre-choreographed, but they do releases of music periodically, and yeah. there's no restriction to say you have to use that music, but I'd just been given it. So I was working in Germany. They gave me the disc. I'd listened to it a couple of times, like, great. Knew I was going to Fiesta. So I packed all the old stuff that they were used to. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't find it. I literally got there, opened the bags, and I'm like, where's all my music? Where's all my, my music's gone? Oh, shit. And all I knew was on my way at the session, I had that new disc in the car. And to be honest, it probably did me a favour. It was much more a beat. And this is nothing against what they were doing. This is how drums used to be. Brad worked with one of the German master trainers, uh, Michael Della Cruz. He's not a master trainer now for them, but he was, and he was just a bundle of energy, and he wanted to take it to the next level. And so I said, right, okay, we're going to do some, we're going to do power beats, which is the energy one, the aerobic style, flying everywhere. And to be honest, it worked because I wasn't trying to then mimic what other people had taught over the years. I had to go in fresh mm-hmm. uh, with the new look and the new style of it. It just seemed to work, and it stuck with me. And you know, touching wood, it's uh, still a popular class. <laughs> Sometimes the best way to get started, because you obviously you kind of had to jump in at the deep end and you didn't have time to you didn't have an out you didn't have a choice to talk yourself out of it it's like ah. i've got to teach this i've got to teach now i've got to ah. teach this new stuff now and like it has to be good like there's not an option for this not to be good it just has to happen yeah. you know we've already touched kind of you know on, on changes in the in the fitness industry you know having a laugh and a joke about cassettes the cds yeah. the, do you know i got abused the other night again on the same facebook live about because i called it an mp3 player and they're like what's right. an mp3 player and i was like well it's a phone it just <laughs> happens to phone people as well <laughs> but anyway yeah um, but i mean there's still people out there and they carry the separate ipod because they don't want yeah. the music on the phone in case the battery goes down no i i 
you'll love with this. I changed my car in 2018, and when I changed from, um, so when I was swapping everything over from the boot, I still had uh, my CD case. Yeah. Just in case. Now, it probably yeah. hadn't been used since about 2014, but the CD yeah. case was still there, just in case. Yeah, if I went and got my gym bag, which is now gathering dust <laughs> in the cupboard, um, you'd find two or three CDs in there. Yeah. And it's that it's that belt and braces. If this fails, I can do something with this, and I know I can do something with that. And I think that's the big thing. If you can hear music and you get legitimate music for our industry, because that's a big minefield for everyone, uh, it's all cut into even blocks. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can hear that even block... Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do, you can just do it. <laughs> it's there for you. Everything adds up to 32, it's great, let's go. <laughs> Listen, I remember having a CD thrown at me before to teach a spin class, mainly because <laughs> I, I forgot said CD case, so I was given a CD by the gym manager, um, and the CD was a Beyonce album. Oh, right. And I remember doing a, okay, I should call it spin class, group cycling class. <laughs> and I remember doing some sort of standing climb to Halo by <laughs> Beyonce. I mean, that was that was creative. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of my funniest ones was, I mean, way back, obviously, the music license done really caught up with the fitness industry. It has now, and they're, they're honing in on people massively, which is good on some respects and bad on the other. But uh, I can always remember it was, she's not in the industry anymore, but she's still a friend of mine and a real legend, Helen Henderson. She was hysterical, this lady from the Northeast, bleached blonde Geordie, absolutely hysterical. And she was teaching a stretch and relax class. And again, oh, I forgot my CD. So she ran out and bought the, the CD from Titanic, the movie. And uh, that'll do for the end stretch, great. Put it on, what she hadn't read was it's the one from the movie. And so, you know, the bit at the end where they're all on the boards floating in the water and you've got that lovely tranquil music and she's drifting them all off into this relaxation at the end of stretch. And across the stereo, I'm like, is there anybody out there? <laughs> and I just, you know, I saw that and I thought, right, never going blind with a CD. You know, and it was, oh, she said it to everyone since, never going blind with a CD. But it's how we learn. We've got to make these mistakes to move yeah. forwards. You know, it's like, until you've had a pair of trousers split on you or a mic not work or, yeah. you know, you fell off a stage, you don't know how you're going to handle it. What's <laughs> it happened? It's like, all right, carry on now. <laughs> You touched on it there, you know, you're a bit, uh, you're quite clued up when it comes to PPL3 and licenses and all that. Yeah. So what what are kind of the things for people to look out for and where's the reputable places to source music? I mean, there's, there's plenty of places out there that are producing music now for the fitness industry. But a lot of people are misunderstanding the difference between PPL3 and license free. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, if you want to use original artists, on proper legitimately produced music for the fitness industry, because let's be honest, let's put it out there, no one's gonna go, oh, I do that, it's fine. You're not allowed to use the likes of Spotify and Apple Music, you just shouldn't be using it, full stop, it's against the law. Um, but, you know, if you go get, say, your Body Pump CD or your whatever, I don't know, Step 99 from another company, and it's original artist, officially you're gonna need a PPL license and the venue has to have a PRS license. Mm -hmm. They're the two main licenses we have to have in real life. Um, 
you then get PPL free, but it still means the PRS exists. Yeah. Um, and then you get the license free, which is, it is license free, as it says, there's no PRS, there's no PPL, but there is still a sense of ownership by the person who produced that music. So if you go online and go, that's PPL free, steal it, because let's face it, you can all rip from YouTube or wherever these days, mm-hmm. and use it, and the owner sees you using it and you haven't officially bought it or got permission off them, they can still silence your videos. Mm. And it's similar down the line of, um, obviously, Les Mills, because I still teach body combat. Uh, it's all digital now. It's all apps and downloads and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you used to get it on a physical DVD, that was another license to put. It's like sync and LOML licenses, which is where it gets really messy. And it's that gives you the ability to put the CD music onto a DVD and have someone talk over the top of an instrument. And it, it's just crazy. The licensing law in the UK, it's not so bad as you step into Europe, which is where a lot of people get away with stuff. Uh, it, it's a nightmare. And unless you go to people who really understand it, it can be problematic. You know, I mean, the likes of Les Mills will have a, a team of solicitors looking at this all the time, and that's great. But for average Joe like us, it's like, oh, what do we do? Yeah. I, for a long time, I did walk away from them for a couple of years, but I soon went running back. Uh, I've worked as an ambassador for Pure Engine Music because when I went to see the setup there as an ex-DJ, I loved the fact that the producers actually mix it by ear. So when you hear two songs blend, okay. your two songs are blending great, but they may be doing it at like six to eight different levels of mix over like a 30-second period. Yeah. So it just sounds perfect. Because sometimes if you just use an app that puts two musics together, you can tell it's not as smooth. There's a bit of a... And then it's off again. Mm-hmm. And it, it's great. I mean, obviously, the minute lockdown happened, Rachel Holmes, who's now working extensively, she's like the labels manager since some changes internally. Okay. And Andy Pickles, who's the new chief exec at Pure Energy, they said, right, we've got to do something. Bang. And they brought in a team of producers, because I don't know if you've heard of Tidy and people like that, but Andy used to be a DJ, still is producer with Tidy. And uh, so he's this big international DJ, and he's now running a music company, which is great. And it's like, boom, suddenly we've got music that sounds like something you've heard when you haven't heard it. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, you put it on, we're getting some bit, well, I say we, because I'm one of their ambassadors still. But you get some amazing feedback and it's like, wow, that sounded like, did it? But it wasn't. Yeah. And it's, you know, and they've got a full range going now. That's, that's the Go series. And that's, they've already authorised all of that to be PPL free. And you can use it online, offline, everything. But then again, in the background, EMD are now looking at um, some licensing where they can allow us to use other music. But that's not here yet. Oh, so okay. EMD UK are looking at that, but that's not here yet because they're our governing body in the UK. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of the, the pure energy stuff. Um, so Lindsay bought a, a clatter of it at the start of lockdown. Yeah. Um, so we use it for, we've got like hit workouts where it has <laughs> countdowns, etc. built yeah. into it, different timings. Yeah. Uh, we did a, we did a 90s aerobics workout at some point. Uh, like there was loads of ABBA, etc. Yeah. ABBA sounding stuff in that, yeah. which was absolutely fantastic. So I know. I it's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, it's there's other companies out there, but for me, Pure Energy has always had the best sound. Uh, I moved away from them, gosh, 
15, 16 years ago it was now. And I moved away probably because of politics with one person and it can affect how your life is. And it was just like, do you know what? So I did an event and walked at the end of the event and said, look, I'm sorry, I can't stay at the moment. I need a breather. So I walked away, went off with another company based out in Europe. It was great. And their music is phenomenal, but it just didn't really suit the UK market. But then I bounced around a bit all over the place. Changes happened. Richard Lee came in as the labels manager down at Pure Energy then. And I'd known Richard through uh, radio, through the radio days and everything. It was like, okay, Rich, if you need any advice, let me know. Hmm. And fortunately for me, I was in the right place at the right time. They were looking for ambassadors. <laughs> they gave me a couple of discs and said, see what you make of them. Played around with them, made some suggestions. And it's gone from now, being back with them now for, gosh, lots of years, which is, which is great. It's nice to be able to have a little say and they've got a, an app that should launch within the next two weeks, which will give full pitch control. And it, ideal. Wow, pitch control on pitch. digital music. Pitch wow. control on digital music. So, I mean, I've got the app on there, actually. Because, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I've, I've become a beta tester for it. And, yeah, there's a couple of things that needed to change and needed to tweak. And I think I'm one of about 40 people have asked to test it. And it's not just, you know... It's not just like some who goes on the big stage. They've asked everyone to volunteer who wanted to do it. So you might have somebody who's only teaching one or two classes a week in a village hall. Yeah. They're testing it for their need, and I'm testing it for my need. And hopefully in the middle, we can all meet and go, okay, that's usable. It's just a fascinating world. And, you know, for, for me, I'll, you know, sometimes I kind of resent it and sometimes I yeah. like it. I'm in, you know, the very much the Les Mills bubble. You know, at, at yeah. this point in my life, I don't see me teaching anything else kind of music based yeah um I just so I just i find it fascinating that's why i brought up about fitness fiesta because yeah. there's such good events because there's so much else oh. out there yeah um, yeah it, it does blow your mind i mean he's he runs what hinkley and leicester the big ones these are windsor beaumont house in windsor obviously the infamous canvas sands uh, Ever done it? I'm only I'm I'm a five star presenter, as I, I say to Jane and Andy. So I I have done Hinkley quite a few times. I've done Windsor. I did the Bristol one as well yeah. when it was in circulation. I haven't yeah. done any others. I'm I'm a no. five star presenter. Uh, Camber is it's one of those things everyone goes. Oh. Yes, because the accommodation is not the greatest. It really is. When you get there, it's not. You're in a, like a 1930s Pontin chalet. Yep. But the classes are some of the best classes you'll ever go to. You know, you're in a room with 450 people doing body combat and we've got full disco lighting going on the stage and everything. Or you're downstairs if you're a freestyler, 200 of you stepping in a room together. And again, it's got all the same light phases going and it's the atmosphere for me squashes everything that <laughs> <at> the chalet. <laughs> It is better than it used to be. I've got to say that because different companies own it now and they are trying. But gosh, there was one point, you know, you'd turn up and almost do the old shake and back advert as you went through the door. Oh, no. But, uh, no, it's, it's vinyl flawed and stuff now. So it is much better. It's still a bit, it's a bit grotty, you know, it's a cheap and cheerful. But when you consider, I think it was only around 80 to 90 pounds per person for three days accommodation and all the classes, you're not going to get much <laughs> in the way of accommodation. And Another just, part to do Hemsby in Norfolk as well. Oh, of course. Have I done Hemsby? 
I might have done Hemsby. See, you could do Hemsby now because all the chalets have gone and you get your own caravan, but you know those massive static ones, like the oh, six birds? I haven't done that, no. Yeah, you get them now, and about half a dozen of them have jacuzzis on the balcony. I could do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> the first year we went after that done it, I had one and Justin Riley had the other, the other side of the road. <laughs> it, was like, it was raining. It was like 11 o'clock at night. I was in the jacuzzi. I didn't Absolutely. care. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, speaking about the fitness industry, you've obviously seen a, a lot of changes and probably yeah. you haven't seen the industry. <laughs> probably. <laughs> what a stupid thing to say. You definitely, none of us have seen the industry come to a standstill because of COVID. No. No. Um, what, what do you anticipate the biggest changes that you're going to see that might affect you, might affect the people that, that, that you work with? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I own, <laughs> going to come as a shock to some, I own a beauty salon close by to where I live. Uh, and I do actually do all the deep tissue massage there. This is really weird to say this. I'm qualified in nails. I can do your nails for your everything, facials if you want. Hold on. So you're a, a fitness instructor, magician, qualified electrician, DJ, who can also give you a massage and then do your nails. Yeah, great, isn't it? I want to see me. <laughs> so uh, um, part of that is, and the reason I went into that, is it's got a studio on the back end of what we use as a studio. It's only a 15 person. It's more aimed at the Pilates yoga world than it is at the high energy. But it's been interesting as we went into lockdown, obviously like a lot of instructors, we went digital in some format, be it mm -hmm. Facebook Lives, be it private groups, YouTube Lives, whatever, uh, Zoom. And it was strange. The people that I thought would follow us onto Zoom probably haven't. And those are a lot of them haven't, should I say. And the ones that you think, oh, they'll never do that. They're the ones who are on Zoom five times a week and you're like, this is crazy. Mm. But there is some people who just don't like that digital feeling, that lack of contact with everyone. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of pressure for, from people to come back to what we used to do. But until the government say this is how it's going to be, then nobody really knows. My, my hand on heart feeling will be that when gyms reopen, I'm not sure a group X will open at the same time with them. Mm -hmm. Because if they're going to have to space their equipment out, then they're going to need extra rooms. And if they need extra rooms, you know, it's the studio that's going to suffer. Or if you're lucky to be in a club with maybe two or three studios, you might be down to one studio. They're going to obviously limit timings on classes. So anyone that used to teach hours, I could see them being dropped out in maybe 45 minute sessions. Because I think and this is all hearsay, and this is my ideas, I think will be a big push that after every class, everything must be cleaned and not relying on the person who's just got off that bike or just used that mat to wipe it down. It may even be, you know, take your own mats. I don't know. This is the thing nobody really knows. So I think to protect my business and myself uh, as an instructor as I'm moving forwards, I've already put everything in place uh, that it's going to be a hybrid studio and I'm going to be a hybrid instructor in the fact that when I can do lives, I will do lives. But at the same time, typically I'm in like the Pilates area where not being rude, you tend to get some older people in that as well because they're coming back from injury. I just want to keep a, a more fluid movement pattern going. Then um, it's better for them to stay away a bit longer if mm -hmm. they're within a certain group. 
So the ability to teach live to people and have that room video, but mainly me at the front, is what is already starting to go in place at mine, at my place. Uh, but also I think someone will still have here in the front room and it's just the way it's going to be. Uh, realistically, I don't think we're going to see gyms and studios as we know it. It, it won't be this year that we go back to a full normal. Not a chance. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's been a lot of hoo-ha that the government wouldn't open gyms yet that open pubs. And at first I was like, Argh! and then I stopped and thought, but hang on, when I go to a pub, I'm not going to be breathless. I'm not going to be like, and breathing my spittle everywhere. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's that expansion of air mm-hmm. and the sweat. And obviously I've got friends around the world and I know when they reopened clubs in Germany, they weren't allowed the wet areas. They weren't allowed to use the changing rooms. And you have to book your time slot. So it was like, right, you can go to a gym, but you're going to be there between 10 and 11. All right, great. So it was almost like, for me, going back to being a kid when you used to go to the swimming baths. Uh, and they used to give you a green band on your wrist and at 11 o'clock, green bands had to be out. <laughs> it was a blue oh, band. Oh, what a job that would be. <laughs> like doing up Valentine's or David Lloyd's. <laughs> <laughs> Show me your band. Show me your band. Out. We've got to changes and we all want to get back to what we do because... I think in this industry, above and beyond any other I've ever worked in, people do this job because they love it. Because let's face it, the wages have never been great. Uh, So we do this job because we love it as well. And we're keen to get back here so we've got a sensible income again, but also so that we can do what we love and have that interaction. We are generally people persons because of what we've done. And uh, it's just, it's frustrating and I think people are venting the frustration sometimes without fully thinking through the implication yes I would rather go to a gym than a pub personally but I don't want to go to a gym if the person next to me is blowing like no tomorrow and I'm just, get away get away <laughs> yeah who last used this hand weight and when can I when can I wipe it and when can I pick it up again and there's too much it's the too big a risk out there so there's a couple of things I want to pull out of that, um, but before I do, I just want to say I have loved posting on social media over the last two weeks or so, slagging off McDonald's and Primark and yeah. pubs opening before gyms because it's ah, oh, it's just such a good, um, dare I say it, conversation starter. Yeah. Um, and it's just that's so good, just to just to rile people up at times. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is, what you've said is I said this right at the start of lockdown. I think there's going to be an acceleration of group fitness professionals moving online and then when things open up again some will go completely back to normal i.e teaching live classes some will perhaps just stay online yeah. and some will do a hybrid so i love that example you just said so your studio will fit about 15 people so yeah. you could have say seven or eight people live in there for social distancing reasons and, you yeah. could stream it to the other seven or eight in their houses or yeah. the other seven or eight hundred people who might yeah. follow you for some reason. So all of a sudden, you can have a membership for your little 15-person studio yes. that goes beyond the 20-kilometer radius that, yeah. you know, all the all the gym marketing tells you that's where your catchment area is, so you can suddenly go beyond that. And I think... Yeah. No, the, the industry has changed, mm-hmm. and I think it will continue to evolve and yeah. change. You know? I, I keep using the phrase, like, behavioral change. So yeah. the, like we saw behavioural change, we saw, you know, we're told about it, like there was behavioural change during World War II. Yeah. Behavioural change. And we've had behavioural change now in that, this is my example, my mum, who is 64, but 
guy, she, she's a bit, she doesn't listen to this. She's a bit of an old 64. She's a technophobe, <laughs> right? But because of COVID, she has now learned to shop online via Tesco's. She has learned yeah. to use WhatsApp. She has, she's learned to use Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. The behavior has changed. And I think what gym members and the fitness public will have just been forced to become more used to getting their fitness fix, whatever it might be, online. Yeah be a 2D image of you doing a step class. And I think like the whole fitness industry should be embracing that. And, there, and there's some clubs, and I, I could rant on this, there's some of the big chain clubs who you can see they're trying to go back to normal. I think, no, no, because when you go back to normal, it might serve your PL line, but it doesn't actually serve your members. That's it. And if you serve your members, it will actually serve your PL line better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I managed the club for a while in the northeast, and I've always said that our best sales force is our members. Mm -hmm. So the, one of the first things we did up there was get rid of the person whose job it was to go cold call. Forget it; it doesn't make any sense. You know, you, what you want is the people who were there. We said, "You'll never guess what we did at the gym this week. You'll never guess what happened." And we used to throw party nights and everything, you know, because I had a full liquor license there then we'd have a party once a month and it'd be a different theme and everyone would dress up for it stupid. And, but then everyone wanted to be a member of that. So it just, you've got to look at ways now of keeping your clients, but also expanding. It was great to see, I've noticed in a couple of the fitness instructor forums where instructors said, look, I teach this. Does anybody teach something different? We'll work together and form. And I was yeah. like, great, this is what our industry is about. This is yeah. where we can come together. The fitness industry is great it's, for all it's vast it's actually quite small as well everyone seems to know everyone else in the industry mm -hmm. be it you know it's this six, six connections isn't it everyone knows someone but within six handshakes of someone yeah. and uh, i just think it's great i mean uh, gosh this weekend i'm doing an event called the globe and it's 24 hours of fitness from the start of the 4th of july to the end of the 4th of july so effectively the 4th 5th of july Every hour, on the hour, two presenters from somewhere in the world teach a class. And it follows the sun round. Love it. Love and it. It's just the whole world of fitness. They've gone to each country and gone, do you want to do it? No. Do you want to do it? Yes. Right. Do you want to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And they've picked like two or three from each country. And that it's filled 24 hours. And it's just brilliant. You know, and it's... They did a Zoom call with us all coming on to introduce ourselves. And I just sat back. I thought it was brilliant because it was chaos. It was just lots of really excited fitness instructors, presenters, whatever. And it was just great to hear the banter in different languages. And there's a guy coming on and he's a surgeon. But he teaches fitness on the side. And you think, what? <laughs> you know, so we're doing this talk about, well, I'm going to be doing this. Now I'm going to be doing that. And this guy came on, well... I can't teach anything different, but I'm sure you have to do a C-section. And we're all like, what? And he's there in his greens because he's just walked out the operating theatre to do the Zoom call. And then he's come back in and it's like, this is bad. Oh, but it's fantastic. great and it's nice to see what's happening elsewhere in the world and how they do it. And that's the big, big thing. You know I mean? In, in Ireland, uh, Keith Coleman, oh, like nobody in the UK. Yeah. Because Keith was trained in Europe by Europeans mm. and they stepped differently to the UK. And it's great to watch all these different people. I don't think Keith's doing the globe, but uh, I mean, I, I'm actually I'm on it, but I'm not moving this time. I'm doing a talk. I'm doing a workshop on the fascia. Oh, and it's on like, the fascia. 
On the fascia, yeah. So, the, you know, the hidden layer we have beneath skin, but above every muscle, like right. the spider's okay. web scenario, this Sorry, I, I was thinking 2D, but I thought when you said fascia, I had missed some, like, new type of, like, <laughs> diet or something. Yeah, That's no, what no, you no, were no, going to no. tell me about. Uh, so I'm doing, a, a, like, a 45, 50-minute lecture on the fascia and how it affects our movement patterns and, you know, how the fact that having plantar fasciitis, the tightness in the foot, can actually affect the shoulder on the other side at the top, and it... Listen, I'm so glad I didn't like try and say something stupid there. Yeah, I've heard of the fascia diet. That's where you know that's where you only eat the skin off potatoes. You only eat the fascia off potatoes or something. Yeah, I'm but you so know, glad. it's just going to be interesting to do it because I'm doing it around the world. I'm thinking, well, I'm only going to be doing it in English. Who's going to translate what I'm saying? Like you're well travelled and you'll have taught, you know, the the non English speaking countries. Like I remember when I was teaching in Russia. Yeah. Where the Russian instructors, they couldn't have a conversation with me, but they could teach in English and they yeah. can understand in English. Yeah. Understand what the instruction was in English, but try and have a conversation with them afterwards. It just did not work. And that that blew my mind. And like yeah. we like see see as Brits, like we are so arrogant and ignorant to foreign <laughs> languages just in yeah. general. You know, I rock up in Russia, teach to four hundred people, by the way. I'm, I'm teaching in English. I'm not going to try for one second to teach in Russian. And you guys just have to understand me. And they do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the same conversations around the world and you just feel really inadequate and really small. Yeah. Because their English is so good. And, you know, the most I, when I did some in Germany, the most I ever said was, Ich bin Gary, mein Deutsch ist nicht gut. Uh, and then that was it, which is basically, I'm Gary and I don't speak German. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, you learn little bits like Favre and Sarup, which is forwards, backwards and left and rights. And you're desperately trying to do it. And they're, But they want to speak to you in English because they want to improve their English. And it's like, no, I need to learn some of this. <laughs> I had uh, the notes section on my phone where just, I started to write down translations just yeah. in the note section and i think by day five or six I, I had four or five phrases which was i was quite proud of them four or five yeah days. but but they all centered around swearing and alcohol yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, man listen I've, I've absolutely loved this uh we'll we'll round it off in the next couple of minutes so i've got the stock yeah. questions to ask and i also need to plug my um laptop in or it'll die so i'll ask you the first question then i'll work out how to do that um how do you serve what do you do for your mental health either in general or specific to lockdown okay uh, i mean when it comes to my own personal mental health uh as you can see from the sign above that just says laugh uh that that's basically what i do i have to we all have our days during lockdown and in general life where we're in the grumps we've got that oh god the world's against me uh, so I find something to laugh at. I, I'll put a silly naff movie on. I'll get onto the YouTubes or the Vimeos and try and find something. Uh, but I tend to rely on the older school stuff. So I love watching the old slapstick of like Laurel and Hardy, which you know, you know that brick's going to come down and hit them on the head. <laughs> but when it does, it's still a shock because there was such perfectionists of what they do. You know, the Ken Dodds, the Tim Vines. I, I just love to laugh. Uh, life's too short not to, isn't it? So I've got to find something that makes me giggle. Yeah. Uh, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? 
gosh, 20 miles, 20 year old me, good grief. I would actually tell myself to write more things down and get more things documented. I think over the years, we all think, oh, if I'd written that down, that this wouldn't have happened and that wouldn't have happened. And, and yeah, I would like to tell myself to write everything down and uh, watch what you eat. Because <laughs> I was a blob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with this question, I now flip this question and I don't warn people about it. Okay. So what would your 20-year-old self be most proud of the now you for? The, gosh, I didn't know that one's coming. The, the, I, I think, to be honest, knowing what I was like at 20 and knowing where I am now, um, they'd be very proud of the fact that I eventually got a tattoo. Because uh, <laughs> 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 I wanted one, wanted one, wanted one, but didn't know what to get. And, you know, looking back, and this is nothing against anyone who's got one, but I, even though I teach a lot of pump and everything, I don't have the biggest biceps in the world. And I was so glad I didn't get one of them Celtic bands because it would have just been <laughs> my arm. Uh, and I always wanted a tattoo, and I just never, ever got around to doing one. But then Dad died, and I got one of them up to remember Dad. So, you know what? I don't have tattoos. I don't think I ever will have tattoos, but I'm open to the idea, similar to what you said, if the reason's strong enough. Yeah, and that's just it. And I think I couldn't make the decision because I didn't want something that would date or be silly. You know, when you're young, you go through all this, oh, shall I have like a Winnie the Pooh or a Tigger on my buttock? Or, you know, one, of, one of my mates has a Tasmanian devil on his ankle. Yeah. You know, that, that looks great in the 35-year-old man. Yeah. You know, shall I get the little man with a lawnmower going through my pube line? You know, <laughs> things like that, you know. But I'm glad I didn't, you know, so. <laughs> oh, writing that one down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Uh, the, the book question, will uh, we'll move away from tattoos. Uh, what books have you read recently and who would you recommend it to or for? I'm going to say books you've read, perhaps you've listened to them or are Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not a big... I'm not a big reader, uh, which I'm frustrated with, but I think because I'm such an active person, I find it monotonous. And I know it's designed to relax us and slow us down. Mm -hmm. oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I've got to be moving. So I do use audio books a lot more than I do the actual physical written and read. Um, of late, I've actually gone back through some old ones. So for pure enjoyment, things like A Street Cat Named Bob was, was great. Uh, quite an emotional journey. If you want one that's really going to get you on the audiobook is the best. It's Richard Hammond's autobiography. Not one I thought I would have ever listened to. Okay. It's the first one, you know, when he had the crash and he flipped the car. Okay, yeah. Um, and halfway through, he's talking it through, he's reading the book, and then it cuts to his wife when he gets the phone call. When she gets that phone call about the fact he's, he's at death's door, okay. basically. And, and it was just... I was driving a kite to pull over, I had tears streaming down, and everyone who's read it, or sorry, who's listened to it, has said the same. They've had to just stop because they're walking down the street with tears everywhere, and you can just hear her voice going, and that was recommended to me, uh, because many years ago now, I was actually presenting at the time, but I got, I got, uh, I caught viral meningitis, and it, uh, it affects the brain, obviously, and Someone said, you've got to listen to this because the brain section will mean something to you. I don't eat a lot of fish. I'm not a big fish eater. I just don't like the flavour. The minute I got the viral meningitis, every meal was fish. 
it just my body was like, I want fish, I want fish, I want this, I want that. And my diet completely changed. And as I recovered from it, my diet went back to where it was, sadly. Um, but in, in the book, Richard Hammond describes how all he would eat while he was recovering was fish. Mm-hmm. And the doctors actually said, when you stop eating fish, your brain is better. And it was like, really? And it just kind of hit home. But from a, from a business point of view, and if you want to look at uh, how... Uh, the brain works and everything. I personally, there was a book that was recommended to me called Bounce. And it was, it, it was really good. It was a bit of a game changer. And it was about how anyone can train to be anything. And it was okay. quite interesting. I mean, in a nutshell, uh, the guy bet his friends that when he had children, he could make them the champion of whatever sport they chose. And they were like, well, hang on. Because, you know, if we say athletics, you're going to go find some strong athletic woman and have children with them and uh, so they picked chess and both his daughters became chess grandmasters and it was all it, it comes back to all this 10,000 hours rule and yes I have I've heard people talking about this before I just didn't realize like it came from a book and it was it was called Bounce yes that's yeah. one bells you know and it, it's brilliant yeah I mean there's other audio books that I've got yeah you get about Three or four chapters in, you go, this really isn't for me. I can't listen to this. Yeah. And a lot of it, I think, comes out to who's reading it. Hmm. You know, it really does. No, you're right. I'm, I'm listening to one right now. It's a really, really famous book. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. Um, and the narrator of it. it. It was written, I think it was written in the 40s. Yeah. And the narrator of it, it's very, it's a hard listen. It's it's hard concepts to get your head around as well. Yeah. And those two combined d- yeah. don't help. No, well, I mean, over Christmas, uh, I'm an iPhone user. Apple gave away some free books. Mm-hmm. I'll download them for the journeys. And things like The Secret Garden, which is a book I would never have read. But it was on my phone, so I'm in a car, push play, mm-hmm. drive, and off I go. And I found it gripping the way it was described and written. It was great. Yet they had Frankenstein on there, which is a book, is a story I've loved in the past. But the person reading it was so boring. I was like, Ugh. but I had to get to the end of it to see how that their story ended, sort of thing. But it was just like, oh come on! It was just so monotone, and there was no excitement, and it was almost like, read this, okay? On Monday he went to, and it was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, love it. Uh, I have, uh, you said about reading, so I'm starting to tell people this. I don't know where I got this from, but it's not mine, but maybe they'll claim it as my own. It's when you start to read a book, give yourself the 10-page rule. So the 10-page rule is you will read 10 pages at a time, but only 10 pages. Even if you right. want to go on, you're not allowed more. Okay. And the hack is, if you open the page on page 40, read page 50 first, right. and then come back to 40. Okay. You'll read it like that. It's the 10-page rule. Um, so I've been doing that probably the last seven or eight days for like right. for me to read seven or eight days in a row. That's a big thing. Yeah. Um, and I've just been doing the ten page rule. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, my, my real mum. So a lot of people kind of see Devin McGee and go, "Is that your mum?" <laughs> but my real mum uh, is a big reader. She's an avid reader. She's always uh, read predominantly like the Agatha Christie mysteries and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, I just wish that I could have got into that as well, yeah. but I just. I just couldn't get the hook of reading. I think I was, I think because of the nature of the job I do, I'm too active and too visual and different learning styles. Yeah, I, I kind of anchor myself on the excuse. Like, we're the wrong generation to read books. <laughs> we're, we're iPads and iPhones. 
that's that's my excuse and i'm sticking to it yeah. <laughs> uh what are you obsessed with right now what weird wonderful things i'm obsessed with two things i'm obsessed with suits on netflix and i've recently become stupidly obsessed with heart rate zone training and learning about it because i have <laughs> never looked at it before in my life yeah. i've always been just going train that don't care what my heart rate's doing yeah no i mean oh gosh suits i, I watched avidly uh through the years uh up until megan left and then it was like mm, kind of ran its steam it, and that's nothing it, it wasn't a <laughs> it was more a classic factor they were trying it just got a bit silly that the early ones were great um i've just re-watched um lucifer from the start uh, not not the one that was on sky lucifer it's the guy was in uh he was in miranda Oh dear me, never mind. He was in Miranda. I'm gonna look him up while we're talking. <laughs> and uh, he was he was in the Miranda programs and it was quite comedic, but he plays the devil who's now moved to LA and he's a nightclub owner, but he works alongside the police. I'm watching this. This this sounds yeah. like something I wanna see. <laughs> he works at Tom Ellis, that's it. He, he works alongside yeah. the police, but he's the devil, but they don't really know. But he <laughs> He's a womanizer, but he plays a camp devil. And it's just so funny. And I love things like that. So I've watched that again. I've watched a couple of episodes of Chuck, the guy who becomes a super agent because he's put sunglasses on. Uh -huh. um, but also on a morning, because you know, I like to wake up with nothing. I won't watch the news on a morning because I find I find it all twaddle and just a load of arguments at the moment. So I've really gone back and watched My Hero. They've run it from the start. It was only one series it ran. And it was uh, uh, the young lad from Father Ted, Arnold. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I know he, what you're talking about. Adam, yeah. He plays a superhero yeah. <laughs> called Thurmore Man. Yeah. But he's also, you know, he, obviously he's Irish. He's got the Irish accent. But when he's not thermal, man, he has to pretend to be stupid. And it's the most funny thing. It's naff. It's stupid. But when you want a bit of nothing TV, something just to switch the head off with, yeah. it's that. It's that. And obviously, I, I actually, I, I talk about that a lot. I th think you need that little bit of escapism. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, it's some pointless TV or, or an intellectual documentary or, you know, playing computer games. You know, as yeah. I always say to people, keep it in your 20%. Don't let that creep into your 80%. That's yeah. you know that's when you have a like when you can name all the actors and actresses in the Lord <laughs> of the Rings trilogies. That's when you have that's a problem. problem. You need to stop. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, it, life, particularly at the moment, it is way too serious, way too hard, and way too hard. So I don't want to watch anything that's going to make me feel worse about what's happening in the world. I just want to, I want to smile and laugh. Man, I've loved having you on. Uh, just before we go, where can people follow you on social media? Where's the best place? Probably the best place to find me on social media would be Facebook. I use it a lot more than all the others. Um, and it sounds very you know, egotistical, but it's not meant to be, it's just so people can find it. It's Gary Daniels Presenter. And it's obviously at Gary Daniels Presenter. It's a picture of me, and that's the one I'm running from at the moment. Awesome, awesome. And then the final question is, what, what's next on the agenda for today? Oh, for today, I've got to, um, I have to go away now and do a little bit more 
development ready for this talk at the, the weekend on the fascia. It's a massive topic. You could do an eight hour training course on it and to get in 45 minutes is a taster. But also uh, for my own training company, I've got some exams to mark. So I've got to go do those now. Awesome. Cool, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. I've uh, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. good to see you, fella. <laughs> You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. You know what? You know, you know what? I really enjoyed that episode. And big thanks to Gary for coming on. That is another episode of the Ricky Long Podcast done. Look forward to what you think of that. And if you can, give Gary a follow on social media. Check out the sponsors, check out the Patreon, and check out the GFID Online PT Business course, which will be kicking off mid-July. Massive thank you to you for listening to me and Gary in your headphones, which are inside your head, which is inside your face, which is inside your ear. Okay, I'll stop now. Love you, bye. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.